In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. Hello and welcome to DBE. I'm your host, Stevie G. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. And remember, no matter where you're listening, go hit that follow or subscribe button. Make sure to visit Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to go to dbetravel.com where you can find every episode ever recorded, along with some insightful travel blogs and more. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can do so through Patreon. Just search Destinations Beyond Expectations on Patreon, or you can go right to dbetravel.com, and right there on the homepage, you'll see a link to support the show through the Patreon platform. I'm really excited about these November episodes, and I hope you are too. So without any further ado, enjoy the show. In the hills of eastern Tennessee, just a short drive from the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, you'll find the cities of Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, and Gatlinburg. From outdoor activities to fun attractions to entertaining dinner shows, there is so much to do between these three towns. I'm taking the month of November to do a special series that highlights Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, and Gatlinburg because no matter your age or who you go with, you will have a wonderful time visiting this area. It's great to have friends and travel, and I got the chance to visit a few of the many great businesses in a 24-hour trip I took to Eastern Tennessee. Thanks for listening to Destinations Beyond Expectations. Welcome to the Smokies. Just north of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, lies the town of Sevierville. Though it only has a population of about 17,000, Sevierville attracts a lot of visitors because of its close proximity to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and the abundance of really fun attractions in town. One thing you'll notice right away in Sevierville is that Tennessee hospitality on display from everyone you meet, and one place you'll find that Tennessee hospitality without a doubt is at my first stop, the Apple Barn. Now, the Apple Barn is a working apple farm, but on the property, you'll also find restaurants, a cider mill, general stores, a creamery, and more. I mean, you could spend a good chunk of your day just checking out everything if you wanted to because there is so much on the property to explore. They say the most important meal of the day is breakfast, so I made my way over to the Applewood Farmhouse restaurant to get a tour of the place and hopefully snag a few of their famous apple fritters. So this is the first, one of the first rooms. This is the parlor, and it was the parlor that was in the house. That's Scott King from the Applewood Farmhouse restaurant, and we're currently walking through the establishment. The farmhouse isn't one giant open seating space. It has several rooms for guests to sit and enjoy a meal, and we're starting in the parlor room. Now, when you step foot in the restaurant, you'll notice the place has real character. The craftsmanship within the building really helps to create an atmosphere, and the woodwork in particular was clearly done by an expert. So all this woodwork is all original. So it's 100 years old, the floor is 100 years old. This, the woodwork here was done by a free African-American slave. His name was Louis Butner. He did all the woodwork for prominent families in the area. There's two places that you can still see this. It's here, and then the Robertino Gallery on Highway 66 is the only place that you can still see. 
is woodworking. So a little bit about Lewis Buckner. He was born in the 1850s as a slave, but he gained his freedom in 1865, and soon after, he became a furniture maker and later an entrepreneur in the construction space. Some of his furniture was acquired by the Tennessee State Museum back in 2015. So let's move on to the Sun Porch Room, which is known for a few swinging seats. This is the Sun Porch. This was seat 96 itself here. There's only, and we have two of these tables, and they're actually the swings. People in the waves, hours, to sit in the swing tables. I don't like the swing tables because when you eat, you have to swing up to eat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Uh, but yeah, this one seats 90, 96 people. Now, I should have mentioned this earlier, but this restaurant used to be an actual farmhouse that they converted into a restaurant. So let's go check out the garage. This is Country Kitchen. This actually used to be the carport in the garage area. So we made it into a, made it into a dining room itself. So it's pretty clear that the building has a neat vibe to it. But the Applewood Farmhouse restaurant is also known because of two very important things that you have to try when you visit. No matter when you come, you get the Applewood fritters and the Applewood jerk. And the fritters are one of our staples that we've had since we've opened. It's, you have, I'll get you some fritters before you leave, but it's like a fried donut with apple butter. And our julep, as our version of a non-alcoholic julep, it's orange juice. Orange juice, lemon juice, pineapple juice, it's mixed all together, and apple juice, so. Now, one thing I noticed on the tour with Scott were some animals. The restaurant actually has birds in a viewing area, and I just thought that was so neat. Is there a story with the, the birds here, or are they just kind of hanging they, out? Uh, no, they're just hanging out. We actually, one of the attractions in town is Parrot Mountain, and they come and they take care of the, of the birds. These are Australian finches. But they kind of take care of it, and we just, the kids love it. Yeah. <laughs> the little kids love it. Adults do too, so. Very nice. Now, when you leave the restaurant, make sure to build in some time to check out the entire Apple Barn complex. But yeah, a lot of people will build in free time so they can walk the entire complex. Yeah, because there, there's so much in the complex. There's so much, yeah, right. I had no idea. And so, technically speaking, is the river what separates Sevierville from this? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this side of the river is Sevierville, that side of the river is Pigeon Forge. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so we're right on the line. So we say we're, it doesn't matter where we're at. We're at Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, it doesn't matter because we're right here close to everything. So. And I have to give a huge shout out to Scott. He hooked me up with some of the famous farmhouse fritters and trust me, they are delicious. Here's some hot apple fritters oh, and apple butter. Thank you. Now, did you know that there's a rainforest in Sevierville? Come on, let's go check out the Rainforest Adventures Discovery Zoo. It's also intentionally broken up to help with attention spans, uh, particularly kids. That's Bill Lucy from the Rainforest Adventures Discovery Zoo talking about the layout of the zoo. Now, anyone can enjoy this zoo. I'm 26 and I think it's phenomenal, but kids in particular really love this zoo. So if you have kids, I would say this is a must-see attraction in Sevierville. 
you know, instead of just hitting them all reptiles at once and then all birds and all mammals, you know, they tend to get bored that way because it's just another lizard, another lizard. So they move from, you know, a a mammal to a lizard to an amphibian to aquatic, you know, and it kind of helps. One thing I really love about this particular zoo is that they have animals that you might not find in other zoos, like the bat-eared fox. Two babies in there that are now almost as big as she is. Um, it's a really cool species. It's the only one in its genus. They've got more teeth than any other canine on earth, and in the wild, they eat mostly insects. That's what all the little teeth are for is crunching up scorpions and, and bugs and stuff. So, wow, pretty neat little animal. You don't see them terribly often. A big challenge for zoos all over is making sure that the animals they have are active so zoo-goers can stay engaged. Part of that equation is finding the right animals, and another part is the timing when it comes to feeding the animals, which is something that Bill and his team have mastered. Are these, are these guys pretty active most of the day? Yeah, the, nice part, the tricky part about small mammals in any zoo, I mean, what makes it difficult and what you know, the average zoo-goer would, is bored if even the lions and bears are just asleep. I mean, you know, I don't care how cool the exhibit is and how big it is, if the animal's just literally laying there, um, you know, it's, it's pretty boring. So finding small mammals that are diurnal or active during the day, and I mean actually active, not, you know, doing something, that's tricky. So the species are uh, important to pick. And, of course, how you time the feeding of them has a little to do with it and of course when we know we have groups you know the, the keepers in the morning get a schedule of what the day looks like as far as uh, arrival of even fair harbor and things like that we know the actual scheduled tourist booking for the day a pretty good idea i mean anybody can walk up and buy a ticket anytime that we obviously don't know but we have a pretty good idea of, of what the volume looks like and the groups of course are all scheduled so um, they'll they'll intentionally hold off feeding and things like that, so they'll be able to bring a group of forty or fifty kids out here, you know, and, and sit them down and let them watch these guys eat or let, watch the kookaburras eat. And if it's a really busy day with three or four groups, they'll obviously just stagger the feeding. So that whereas if these if it's a normal day and these guys aren't gonna normally eat at ten a.m. or something, we can hold off for a couple three hours and bother them. You know, we got a group arriving. At, I think it's cool that the Rainforest Adventures Discovery Zoo really tries to make the experience great for the kids. Oh, and now we're passing some rare primates. We've got multiple species of primates. Some of the rarest in the world is golden-handed. We've got golden-headed. We've got um, different species of lemurs. Oh, look at this little one right here. Yeah, these guys are only about six months old. There's a pair of twins in here that are six months. I don't know where the other siblings are. I really liked this next animal on our tour, the African rock hyrax. The closest living relative to elephants on Earth are the African rock hyrax. They've got little mini tusks, the same kind of feet, the same kind of diet, the same kind of everything. Um, Again, you just don't see them terribly often in zoos, but we do our best to recreate natural habitats. The caveys are the ones on the ground down there, but the rock hyrax are those guys up there. Uh, Cool little mini tusks, same thing as the elephant, though. I'm really impressed because I feel like all the animals, or a lot of the animals on display here are like active. Like you guys do a good job. I don't know what it is, but they're very active. Yeah, it's timing of feeding. Yeah, yeah, and health actually, not letting them get too chubby, you know. 
Yeah, Bill certainly has healthy animals at his zoo and some really unique species as well. I definitely suggest you swing by the Rainforest Adventures Discovery Zoo when you visit Sevierville, especially if you have kids. There is so much to do in the Smoky Mountains for all ages. If you are a teacher, coach, or group leader, your students will have a blast in the Smokies. But planning a student group trip on your own isn't always easy. The good news is Kaleidoscope Adventures is there to take all the stress out of the equation when it comes to planning a trip so you can focus on the important things in life. Kaleidoscope Adventures have been arranging student group travel for over 26 years. They make sure health and safety is a priority. In fact, Kaleidoscope Adventures was the first tour operator in the U.S. to receive the Safe Travel Stamp from the World Travel and Tourism Council. And with the new launch of their hashtag KASAFE initiative, you can feel confident traveling on a Kaleidoscope trip. Learn more about the Safe Travel Stamp and hashtag KASAFE by visiting mykatrip.com or give Kaleidoscope Adventures a call at 800-774-7337. Again, visit mykatrip.com or you can give Kaleidoscope Adventures a call at 800-774-7337. They can plan your next group trip to the Smokies or anywhere else that you'd like to go. One of the many reasons people love the Smoky Mountains area is because there is a plethora of things to do outdoors. From hiking to ziplining, the Smokies are known as a great place to grab some fresh air. Another really fun outdoor activity you can do is go whitewater rafting. Smoky Mountain Outdoors is one of the companies in the area that you can use to go rafting, and I sat down with Denise Jeanette from SMO to learn more about rafting in the Smokies. And this, do I have it right? Is this the French Broad? No, this is the uh, Big Pigeon River. Big Pigeon River, mm-hmm. okay. It's on exit 447 of I-40. We are the closest whitewater rafting to the Gatlinburg, Pigeon Fort, Sevierville area. On a Smoky Mountain outdoor rafting experience, you won't have to worry because your party will have an experienced guide to make sure your adventure is both safe and really fun. We can put up to seven people plus the guide. Okay. Now, when you go whitewater rafting, look for the rapid levels. Those indicate how intense the rapids actually are. Denise explains that this section of the Big Pigeon River is perfect for first-timers or people that may not like the higher-level rapids. But at the same time, you're not just casually floating down a slow-moving stream. You will definitely experience the thrills of trekking down the river. goes between 1 and 6, 1 being the easiest, like a little bump. Yeah. And 6 being a runnable, saying... Uh, Niagara Falls. We don't do those. (laughs) On on the Pigeon we have up up to class four. So it's a great river for beginners, great river for first-timers. At the same time it's not like a float. It's not boring if if, you know if you want to. Because some people say, oh is it good for beginners so it's going to be a little boring. No it's not. It's going to have about um, 14 class class threes and then four class fours and then uh, and then some parts is really scenic, people just relax, they tell you, you know, you can just relax, you don't have to paddle. There's some parts where they allow, allow them to jump in the water, do a little swimming, 
It's a little cold, but the, it's actually not as cold as people think because it comes from, from a lake in North Carolina. It doesn't come from up in the mountain like the, I don't know if you hear of the Nandahala River. That is a cold river. But the pigeon is actually not too bad, especially in, in the summertime. And while you're rafting, keep your eyes on the shoreline. There's a chance that you'll see some unique wildlife. We saw, uh, they saw some elk the other day, which I, I found that very... Elk? Strange. Yeah, it was two elk and, uh, on the Pigeon River. That never happened before. I've wow. never heard of that. Yeah. Because a lot of people ask us, you know, oh, do you see some bear? And I'm like, no, not really, because it's, uh, there's 12 companies out there, and you know, a there's traffic. a lot of traffic, so yeah. wild animals, they don't want that. But you see otters, you see all kind of birds, not bears, but birds, and then uh, uh, humongous, snapping turtles, snapping turtles. For anyone out there who's never been whitewater rafting, I can say it's an absolute blast. And if you're going to check out Sevierville, don't hesitate to suggest to your family or friends to go whitewater rafting. Now, while I was in Sevierville, I had the chance to chat with Amanda Marr from the Sevierville Chamber of Commerce. I wanted to pick her brain and get her thoughts on what makes Sevierville so special and learn about some spots in town that she recommends to visit. So talk to me about Sevierville. Why is it a great destination for somebody to come visit? I think Sevierville is a lot of fun for people to visit, especially if, you know, if you've been to the Smoky Mountains before, but maybe not really done anything out of the ordinary, typical activities that you do um, when you come here, going to the theme parks, going to the national park. Um, but Sevierville itself offers so many hidden gems and unique things that you may not expect in a city of our size. Um, but, you know, when you consider how many millions of visitors we get a year that come to enjoy Sevierville Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg, it really starts to make a lot more sense. But uh, just something, there's something unexpected, it seems like, around every corner here. Can you highlight maybe a couple of those hidden gems or nuggets in town? Absolutely. You know, one of my absolute favorite ones is the Tennessee Museum of Aviation. It's Tennessee's official repository and archive for aviation history. So um, that right there is not something that you would typically expect in a a tourism destination like this. Um, But the thing that's so cool about the museum is that it is located on the runway at our airport here in Sevierville. We have a municipal airport. Um, and a lot of the aircraft that they feature are flyable warbird aircraft. So they're still airworthy. Um, and so they'll take them on impromptu flights. Uh, two of the planes that are there all the time are um, P-57 Thunderbolts. There aren't many of those remaining in the world. And two of them live here in Sevierville. And they belong to the museum owner, Neil Melton. So he does take them flying quite a bit. So that's pretty neat to see those in the air um, over town. Uh, but they also have a Douglas A1H Sky Raider that is there. Um, that served in Vietnam. Um, they have got different just aspects of aviation history. They've, they've got a replica of the Wright Glider that their volunteers actually built, and that's hanging there. Um, they've got uh, Russian MiG on, on display. They have got um, just all sorts of really unique aircraft, and it's a, a great way for people to come and not only see uh, displays of you know, aviation history, military history, but also to see those aircraft there just feet away from them. Um, it's a pretty intimate space, so it's a great opportunity to come and, 
and have a history lesson, and they also have um, docents who volunteer who uh, pretty much all of them are veterans, so they're able to kind of speak from military perspective of these were the aircraft that we used or um, can kind of tell a little bit more of the background and the story behind them. So that's a pretty unique aspect about that museum. Very cool. Now, if you had to pick one place in town to recommend somebody go try to eat, uh, which, which restaurant or which place would you recommend? What jumps to mind? You know, the restaurant that I would say you absolutely have to go and enjoy a meal at would be Appwood Farmhouse Restaurant um, because it's not just a restaurant. It's, you know, it's got history to it as well. It is, um, is a farmhouse that's actually 100 years old this year. It was built in 1920. It's situated on a working apple orchard um, where they really do have 4,000 trees that they really are harvesting apples from and they really are using it to make things there on property. Um, not only do you get to enjoy your meal, but then you also have an opportunity to walk around, uh, check out a lot of the other uh, bakeries, the candy store, the winery, the, all of the things that are there on the property. Um, and the thing that's cool is like, you know, at the bakery where they're, they're making the fried apple pies, there's a huge plate glass window. So you can actually stand there and watch them making those pies, filling them up with the apple butter, frying them. And um, so it's really kind of a cool um, experience just as far as actually being able to see the process that goes into all the things that they make and do there. Um, and pretty much all of the, the stores that are there from the, the ice creamery to, uh, to the winery to the bakery, um, you can watch those processes happening. And at the candy store, they make old-fashioned stick candies. You can watch them roll that out. They're um, making little hard candies, little turtle candy. I mean, it's just it's a neat, neat experience. Yeah, I, I, we were just there, and I feel like there's something there for, for everybody, yeah. so that's really cool. A good reminder to check out the Applewood Farmhouse Restaurant and all the fun things to do at the Apple Barn Complex. No matter where you travel, choosing where you spend the night is clearly important. There's a lot of great places to stay in the Smokies, and one of my all-time favorite places to recommend is the Wilderness at the Smokies Resort. This large resort has a wide range of offerings for all ages, including the amazing Soaky Mountain Water Park. Nikki Harrell and Whitney Gonzalez from Wilderness at the Smokies and the Soaky Mountain Water Park, love that name, were kind enough to take some time out of their day to give me a tour of Soaky Mountain and tell me all about the resort. You might want to hold on to your hats because I visited on a pretty windy day. So does it? So you kind of use that system right there to the, the, the first, yes. gotcha. One of the best things about Soaky Mountain is the Soaky Surge. This is Soaky Surge. It's our thirty-five thousand square foot wave pool, and this is capable of generating waves up to six feet tall. So the water park is really fun and full of slides, pools, and places to chill. But the hotel is also really nice. Wilderness at the Smokies has over seven hundred rooms two full-service restaurants, a spacious breakfast area, interior corridor rooms, easy bus drop-off if you're traveling with a group, fun attractions for the kids like bowling and rock climbing, meeting and event space, and of course, a staff that's full of that Tennessee hospitality that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So I think that about brings us full circle. 
The places I stopped to tour in Sevierville were all fantastic, and there's so much more to explore. Remember, I had less than 24 hours to visit Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, and Gatlinburg, so of course I didn't get to see everything, which means if you've been to the Smokies and there's an attraction, hotel, or restaurant that you really like and you didn't hear me mention it, it's not at all that I don't like it. It's just I can only see so much in one day. And actually, that's great news because it clearly shows you can spend multiple days checking out the cities in the Smokies. A big DBE thank you to Scott King from the Applewood Farmhouse Restaurant, Bill Lucy from the Rainforest Adventures Discovery Zoo, Denise Jeanette from Smoky Mountain Outdoors, Amanda Marr and Tony Funderberg from the Sevierville Chamber of Commerce, and Whitney Gonzalez and Nikki Harrell from the Soaky Mountain Water Park and the Wilderness at the Smokies Resort. Don't forget, if you want to visit the Smoky Mountains with your student group, make sure to give Kaleidoscope Adventures a call. They are experts when it comes to arranging student group trips. They'll make sure your group travels safely while having a fun and educational experience. Visit Kaleidoscope Adventures at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337. If you haven't subscribed to DBE on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, now is the perfect time. It takes one simple click, and subscribing to this show helps DBE reach more students of travel. Don't forget to visit dbetravel.com if you haven't yet. And if you like the show and want to help support it for just a few bucks a month, Destinations Beyond Expectations is on Patreon. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week to learn about Sevierville. The Cities in the Smokies series is continuing throughout November, so if you can't get enough of the Smoky Mountains, you're in for an entertaining month. That's all I've got for this week. Friends, be well, be kind, and I will talk to you soon. Destinations Beyond Expectations is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Adventures. If you need help planning your next student group trip, Kaleidoscope Adventures is the name you need to know. Visit them at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337 when you're ready to plan your next school trip. Again, that's www.mykatrip.com or call them at 800-774-7337.